Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I am old, and we're going to have a great day today. It's going to be a blast. We've got all of our campuses uh, together. White Rock, you're wonderful. Obviously, Mockingbird, there's nobody like you. Oak Cliff, that's my hood. And we love North Dallas as well. So excited. Hey, everybody clap for everybody at all of our locations. We're all together. I'm excited about today. We've got people watching online, and God's got some great things in store for every one of us. Uh, as I said, I, I am old, but there was a day I used to be able to ball halfway decent, halfway decent. I was a walk-on uh, to my basketball team in college, uh, Coach Self, uh, who's actually now the coach at, uh, at University of Kansas. That's not where I played, but um, his first year as a coach uh, was my freshman year. So again, this is a thousand years ago, and I was a walk-on to the basketball team, this really small, um, man, I'd call it mid-major, but I don't even know if we were mid-major at that time, Division I program, and uh, made my way onto the team my freshman year. We were 6-6, six and six, uh, won six games, lost six games, going into uh, Christmas break, went down, played against TCU, uh, beat TCU uh, uh, in the second half, came back, beat TCU. That was our last game we won that year. We lost 15 straight games. I had never lost 15 straight games in my entire life. It was terrible. It was disheartening. You feel like you're losing your manhood. I mean, every moment you get on the court, you're like, we've got to get one more win. So that was my freshman year, sophomore year. Uh, we do a little bit better. My junior year, uh, things really start clicking on all cylinders. We're, we're doing well. We're 5-0. and the beginning of the year, we won our first five games. I'm trying to make it clear for people who have no idea what 5-0 and o means. It's not Hawaii 5-0. That is, we won five games, lost zero. And there's this poll that they'll put together, and they'll try to tell you where the different teams rank. And there's about 300 Division I basketball programs, and we got this one vote to be in the top 25. So that put us in, like, the top 50 schools in the nation. We're going to play against a school in Iowa, and we're down, oh, man, just a couple of points. Coach Self calls a timeout, uh, pulls our team over. I'm the point guard, uh, which essentially is like the quarterback of the basketball team. And uh, he calls a timeout, and he says, okay, hey, Earl, what I need you to do, go score a quick bucket for us so that we can kind of get back on track, and then we'll, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we come back out of that timeout. I come down, get around my guy. Instead of going for the layup, I pass the ball to, uh, to our shooting guard. Uh, that's not a gun. That's a, somebody who shoots with the ball. Uh, I, pass, I pass him the ball. He takes a shot. He misses uh, the shot after the game. I'm sitting there uh, with one of our assistant coaches, and we, we, we lost the game. And, uh, he puts his arm around me, and he sums up what has been a struggle for really the bulk of my life. He says, coach told you to shoot, not to pass. And this, my friends, has been a battle I have had in my head and my heart for years. Passing when I'm supposed to be shooting. Now, I would give 110%, don't get me wrong. I would hustle, play hard. You would not be able to look at me, and it, you would not look at me and think I'm giving anything less than my best. 
I'm diving on the floor. I'm going after loose balls. On the outside, it looks like I am all in, but I'm not actually all in because in that moment, when Coach Self looks me in the eyes and he's like, hey, I need you to do this, I was concerned that my teammates would think that I would think that I'm better than them. So instead of me doing what was best for the team, I decided to do what was best for me, and I didn't do what the team needed in that moment. I did what I needed in that moment, and what the team needed was for me to shoot. What I needed was for them to feel good about me. 110% going all in, but really, it's not all in. Here, here's the reality. We, can, I, can I just come in hot for just a quick second? For just a quick second. We have confused humility with disobedience. Okay? That's what we've done. We've confused humility with disobedience, and we think, oh, I'm being humble. Oh, I'm being so kind. Oh, I'm deferring to others. Oh, Lord, look at my good heart. That's not a good heart. That's a prideful heart. That's a heart that's making it about you or about me in any given moment and not about what God is asking us to do. Obviously, that basketball game at the big scheme of things is inconsequential, but the bigger story in that moment is there's something going on in my head and my heart that has been holding me back, and God here is trying to say, son, I need you to step forward, and I just have a feeling that there's people at all of our locations, and God is saying, son, daughter, I need you to step forward, and you, my friend, are confusing your humility with disobedience I did not ask you to pass I asked you to shoot uh, we've got uh, three fantastic children I, I love talking about them uh, and if you have kids one day uh, you already know this if you don't have any kids one day you'll you maybe you'll have something like this you'll say kid clean your room and this happens over and over and over again and it's fascinating how you can go up there and your idea of clean is very different than their idea of clean but, but, um, but imagine you say, hey, 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 son, hey, daughter, go clean your room. And you tell them that, and then 20, 30 minutes later, you walk up to the room, and you see your child in the middle of the floor. Follow me, camera. You see him on the floor. <laughs> They're crying. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, what's wrong? What's wrong, Susie? What's wrong? Malcolm, what's wrong? <laughs> I don't deserve this room. This room is too nice. I got a bed. This rug. Look, look at that light fixture. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. You've been too kind to me. I just, I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting. I can't do anything. And you go, oh, okay, well, you know, you give them a hug, you talk to them, you love on them in that moment, of course. You know, you got you to be engaged. Like, man, what's, what, what's that going on in your head that you would think that way? You would talk with them. But fast forward four years, and you say again, clean your room. And you go up, that same child four years later is sitting in the same room with the same posture, with the same response, with the same sulking with the same tears, saying, oh, I don't deserve it. This room is too much. You'll hug, you ought to. You'll love, you should never stop doing that as a parent. But in this moment, son or daughter, you are taking your feelings and you're putting them above what I'm asking you to do. 
And in the beginning, it's okay. I, I understand we're all on this journey. But at some point in time, you're going to have to mature. You're going to have to get beyond what's going on in your own head. And you're going to have to come in alignment with what I'm saying about you. And I think God is looking at a whole bunch of us sitting in the rooms of our life. And he's saying, son, daughter, I've been looking for you to step up and be who I called you to be. And you're too busy talking about how bad you are and how many mistakes you've made and how you've fallen short. And I appreciate that. I love that. But that's why I've got an old rugged cross for you with blood that was shed for your behalf. You are free. You are new. Now I need you to get up and do what I asked you to do. The title of today's message is Flip the Switch. Flip the Switch. Flip the Switch because this is what I want to see happen in all of us. I want to see us flip the switch. I want to see us flip the switch. I want us to see, I want us to go from being off to being on. I want, I want to see us flip the switch. I want us to go from being bent over and sulking and thinking about ourselves all the time to standing up straight, thinking about the goodness of God, the glory of God, the power of God, and reaching the people of God in the world that he's called us to love. I want us to go from living in fear to living in faith. I want us to go from walking like it's about us to understanding that this thing really is all about him and whether he has you in the dumps in the pit or he has you in a palace you and I were not our own we were bought at a price and we've been called to give God our everything flip the switch I'm, I'm praying today is the day that you you and I leave here you and I leave the flip switch I just I want to think like I've always been thinking I don't want to live how I've always been living. I don't want to act how I've always been acting. I just, I just, want, I just want, to, I want to see the flip switched in the name of Jesus. Uh, turn with me if you have your Bibles. Uh, we're, we're going to go to Judges in a second, but go with me uh, to the book of Ecclesiastes for just a moment. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Just for, I'll just fast forward to the very last verse, verse number six. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to keep and a time to throw away. I can't help but think we're in a moment where it's time for us to throw away some things. It's time to throw some things away. You know how you get that junk drawer in your house? It's, you go into it now and you look at the bottom of it and you're like, what, what, why, why is that there? I have not needed that for 17 years. Why have I been holding onto that receipt from Quick Trip? What in the world was, am I doing with that thing? But you and I, you and I have a lot of things in this drunk drawer of our life. We just keep stuffing things in, keep stuffing things in, keep stuffing things in. Man, I messed up there. Let me stuff that in. Man, I got a divorce there. Let me stuff that in. Man, I looked at pornography there. Let me stuff that in. Man, I didn't give like I wanted to there, so let me stuff that in. Let me just take, man, that relationship didn't work out. Let me stuff that in there. We got thing after thing, disappointments and fears, so many things. We've just stuck in this 
this drawer. I'm just praying today. Today's a day where you and I will be willing to go, you know what? I got some things in this drawer I have not needed for years. Yeah, they abused me, but I have not needed to hold on to that. Yeah, yeah, they stabbed me in the back, but I I have not needed to carry that with me. I've got too many things in this drawer here. I I need you, God, with, with your grace and your power to help me throw some things away. What is it you need to throw away? What thing have you been blaming on your mom or your dad or on your upbringing that you need to throw away? What battle are you fighting? What has society done to you, said about you? What have your friends said to you or not said to you? What has someone done to you or not done for you that you've been holding on to? And the reality is you just need to throw some stuff away. What has your spouse done to you that you need to throw away? What has your fiance, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, what has your boss done to you that you just need to throw away? What have your kids done to you that you just need to throw away? You're carrying it all around, just holding on to it. What needs to be thrown away? Because this is the time for that, my friends. Uh, Last week, we looked at uh, Gideon. And in Judges chapter 6, we were go- talked about going from questioning to conquering. And if you weren't with us, uh, you can go ahead and watch the YouTube. It's on the app. Uh, go ahead and catch up with us because I-, I think it'll encourage your heart. But-, but as we were looking at Gideon last week, and God is calling him mighty warrior. And God's saying, I've got-, I've got a call on your life. God's saying, I want to do something significant with you. I want to make a difference uh, in you and through you. And Gideon's like, no, not me, not interested. If I'm mighty, then why? As all this stuff happened, he's making all these excuses. Some of y'all remember this? Well, 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 today, as we're going to continue on this story, we're going to see Gideon flip the switch. We're going to see it. Because many of us can identify with Gideon going, Wait, but, why, if, what do you mean? We, we, we get that part of it. But now we've got to come into alignment with this warrior of God as he had a transformation that took place in his life. And when I'm talking about flip the switch, let me make this clear. Um, I believe that this is initiated by the Holy Spirit. I believe this is a work of the Spirit. And as a matter of fact, I think God has you with us in hearing this message today because he's wanting to do this in your heart and your life. I think God is the one that's going first. At the same time, I think you've got a part to play in flipping the switch. So I don't want to make this a works-based thing like it's all on us, but neither do I want to make it a thing where it's all on God because I think God is making an offer and you and I have to be willing to accept the offer that he is giving us. And if you don't accept this offer, my friends, you and I will walk around questioning the rest of our lives, not conquering the way we've been called to conquer. And we won't be released because that's the series we're in, release, 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 release. The definition of release, uh, again, is just to set free. We're talking about being set free, being set free from restraint, being set free from confinement, to relieve from the burdens, the things that oppress us. We're just talking about being changed, being transformed. So in Judges chapter, uh, chapter 6, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, the army, go, uh, Gideon calls an army together, okay? And he gets he has 32,000 people that he is able to bring together. God says, your army's too big. It's too big. 32,000 is too many. 
Because when the miracle happens, you're going to think it was you. So I need, to, I need to chop this army down. It's like, okay, what do you mean? Like, you want, want a couple, couple, like five people gone? Seven people? 20 people. Lord, I'll give you 100. I'll give you 100 people. That, no, God goes, no, 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 no. Chop it all the way down. No more. 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 A little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit Yeah. 300 left. 300 people left. 300. You ever look at your finances and you're like, 300 left. <laughs> and you're asking me to give <laughs> 300. Ever look at your emotions and feel like, I, I, I cannot do that with this. I cannot. I cannot. There is no way I can do what you're asking me to do with what you've given me. I can't do it. It's impossible, God. God's like, yep. Perfect. If it's impossible, you're in exactly the spot I want you to be. That I was trying to get you to impossible so you would get out of your own head and you get your eyes on me. Uh, just as a quick aside, y'all, I have been living this, okay? I'm living this even when I'm looking at all of y'all, okay? I'm like, what? God has blessed this church in beautiful ways. I'm so glad people continue to come and give their hearts to Christ and fr friendships and relationships. And shoot, people even finding their spouse, their forever spouse. We got Chelsea and Travis got engaged this past weekend. I mean, woo! So many wonderful things happening. But I feel like I got about 300, and God's like, keep taking steps of faith. Hey, you're going to need more property. You're going to need another bigger building. I'm, you're you're going to need to be able to bring in more of my kids. So I'm, I'm going to need you to be willing to take a step of faith. I'm, I'm, I need you to be willing to, to get out of your comfort zone. I need you to be willing to shoot instead of pass because it's easy to pass. and go, oh, no, I'm just going to stay here. No, I just want to stay comfortable. And God's like, hey, I got some sons and daughters out there. I'm calling you to reach. It's easier not to launch North Dallas, but it was better to launch North Dallas so we can meet some people we never had we would never had the opportunity to meet it was better for us to go into oak cliff it was better to go to antigua it was better to go to mockingbird it was better to go to guatemala city why why because god is interested in loving and serving his kids he's not interested in our conveniences and us just being comfortable so now i'm down to 300 gideon he's still scared look with me in judges chapter 7 Verse number nine, Judges chapter seven, verse number nine. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. I want you to see that. Get up, go down because I'm going to give it into your hands. You're the one who gets up. You're the one who goes down. God's the one that gives it into your hands. You see the partnership here? But God could not make him get up. And God could not make him go down. The only thing God was going to do is, is give him the land. This is what we talked about a few weeks ago, that, that we work the ground and God sends the rain. 
from Genesis, the book of Genesis, nothing had grown because there was no man or no woman to work the ground and God had not yet sent rain. God sends the rain. God gives the land, but then he empowers you by his grace and his spirit to get up and to go down. Now Gideon has to get up and go down. Verse number 10, he says, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Is that right? I'm, we'll just make it work. If you are afraid, if you are afraid. Now, we're about to find out that he ends up going down to the camp. That tells us that he is afraid. So I like that God is even interested in going, hey, I see where you are. I see your emotions. I see what you're dealing with. If you're afraid, go on down to the camp. I like that Gideon does it afraid. Can I just tell you, do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do not wait for all of your feelings to line up with what God is asking you to do. Do it afraid. I, I, I'm thinking about Eric Sewing, uh, who is our campus pastor over at Oak Cliff. He, he's wonderful, and he's married to a fantastic Latina named Gabby. She is awesome. She's from Brazil, speaks his beautiful Portuguese. But Eric and Gabby, these few years that they have been married, Eric was afraid to get married, not just to her, just in marriage in general. Because he didn't feel like he saw one that he could model his life after. And he did not want to mess up. So he's in his 30s and still single, not because he's not handsome. Because, Eric, you're handsome. <laughs> Gabby said amen. Uh, and if some other woman said amen as well, we want to get your number. You better get your hands off of Eric. Anyway, so you, he decides, I'm, I'm going to take this step. If he doesn't do it, Gabby's the right one for him. But if he doesn't take the step, he never marries Gabby. He never has this beautiful baby that's on the way. What God does is he calls you and I to do it afraid. You do not have to have all of your feelings lining up with what God is asking you to do. Do not wait for everything to be in order. Yes, get wisdom. Yes, get counsel. I'm not saying be dumb, but I'm saying you got to be willing to do things afraid. So Gideon now goes down, He's, he, go, he goes down, he goes down, he gets down there. And listen to what they are saying. God says to him, listen to what they are saying. After, afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pure, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. It is a huge, huge army. The enemy is vast. He's got 300 people. Of course he's afraid. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream. It's not MLK. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the, the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, oh, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Gideon's like, wait, what? What? He's hearing this. He's hearing this. Can, can I say this? The enemy saw the potential in Gideon more than Gideon saw the potential in Gideon. 
Can I submit to you that your enemy probably sees the potential in you more than you even see the potential in you? That no wonder the enemy was trying to kill all the babies when Jesus came into the earth. No wonder he was trying to kill all the babies when Moses was coming into the earth. And no wonder he's been trying to attack you since you were young. Maybe the enemy knows a little bit more about your potential than you even know about your potential. Another thing I want you to see, I want you to see, I want you to see that Gideon's name is in a room before his feet are in the room. Can I just submit to you that God has your name in some rooms that your feet have yet to enter? You're like, man, I need this job. Man, I need this opportunity. Man, I hope I get approved for this house. And there are people talking about you right now that you don't even know are talking about you. It is God going before you and preparing the way, opening up doors that you could not open yourself. The thing you're afraid of, I think is more afraid of you. That's what I think. It's trying to bully you. Trying to bully you. Trying to keep you in your corner. And I'm just telling you, the thing you're afraid of is more afraid of you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the God of heaven that has filled your life. So here, after he hears this, watch how Gideon changes. Watch how he changes. First, when he hears this, Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation. Verse number 15, he bowed down and worshiped. He didn't get prideful. He didn't say, I'm the man. His heart was turned towards worship. His heart was turned towards surrender. I'm not here trying to pump you up, telling you you're awesome. And yes, you are. You're wonderful. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to let you know that you have a God that loves you and is for you and is working behind the scenes on things you don't even know that he's working on. And he's the one that gets all the glory. So Gideon sees that. He's like, all I can do, all I can do is worship. I just got to worship. I got to get on my face right here. He worships when he gets up from his knees. Look how he talks. He returns to the camp of Israel and called out, get up. Get up. Get up. Before he's like, Lord, I'm not sure. What about? Get up. Get your behind up, get your behind up, get your behind up, get your behind up, because we're about to go whoop somebody's behind right now. Get up. Verse 17, like I was talking, watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. I like it. Oh, I'm not sure. God, you can't use me. I'm not sure. Wait, what? You see? You see the change? Get up, watch me, follow me. We're about to go whoop some Amalekite behind. That's how he's talking here. Flip, switched. Verse 21, verse 21, verse 21, verse 21. I'm about to pray for, we're about to pray for all of y'all at all locations in just a minute. About to pray for everybody in just a minute. We're going to pray that this is a whole flipping the switch day today. It's a whole flipping the switch that people that have been walking in fear and in doubt and insecurity and and people that have been looking at themselves today, we're playing, is a day that the switch gets flipped today. Verse 21, while each man held his position around the camp. When I saw that, hold your position. Hold your position. Hold your position. Hold your, who did God say that you are? You better hold that position. 
What did he put on the inside of you when he was fashioning and forming you in your mother's womb? Hold that position. What does the cross say about you? You hold that position. I know society will say this certain thing about a woman, but you hold the position that God has called you and given you in his word. I know society will say a certain thing about a man, but I'm telling you, hold the position that God has given you when all hell is breaking loose. You hold your position when everybody's applauding you. You hold your position when things are going great. You hold your position when you're in the pit. You hold your position when you're in the palace. You hold your position. I'm going to invite all of our locations, all of our bands to come out. All of our locations. I want all the bands to come out. And I'm inviting uh, the bands out because we're going to we're going to sing in just a moment. So all of our locations that want, want the bands to get in place. I'm praying that today, it doesn't need to be a goosebump day. I'm not looking for goosebumps. You don't have to cry. I'm not looking for tears. What I'm looking for is hearts that are ready to respond to the grace of God and be released into who God is calling us to be. Flips, being switched, switching flips, however I'm supposed to say that, (laughs) in every single one of our lives. I'm going to ask everyone, bow your head just for a moment. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I want you to stay seated for just a second. Stay seated. We're going to sing this song over you. Then we're going to come up and pray for you in in just a moment. But Lord, right now, over every person, at every location, every man, every woman, every married person, every single person, every person that feels like they fit in and everybody that feels like they're on the out, every person that knows scripture and everyone that doesn't, Father, over every single person, I ask that you would grab a hold of our hearts right now, you would get our eyes fixed on you, And today would be a day that we partner together and flip the switch. In Jesus' name, amen.